Imagine if we were taught how to really express the lyric of what we were dancing to, what praise would look like. If you really, really believe that he made a way what your praise would look like. So we just honor God. Come on, let's put our prayer up. A prayer that we've been praying. I really appreciate you, worship team. Really appreciate you. I pray that the blessing of the Lord just remains real softly. That the spirit of the Lord remains quiet in your ear. And not the quiet that means that he's not speaking, but the quietness of a hush that will give you all peace and strategy in worship. Father, I thank you that the anointing, the anointing, this is an apostolic house of worship. Yes, it is. That grace rests upon us now. Yes, it's a house of worship. It's a house of authority in worship. And so, Father, the grace that rests upon my life as a worship leader, as a priest in worship, Father, I pray that double fall upon this worship ministry like never before. That their worship ministers to me in such a way that I'm able to hear you and I'm able to allow worship, Father God, to be my guiding compass in how I feed your children, how I steward the sheep, the men and women, sons and daughters that you have lended to me. So, Father, we thank you now in Jesus' name and in Jesus' name, when, when worship satisfies the man of God, <laughs> that's where real moves of God are created. In most of our places of worship today, the men and women of God are not satisfied in worship because they don't participate. So I place a demand and a mandate upon this worship ministry today that the ministry of worship belongs to the office of the bishop. That your job is to satisfy my heart. It's to bring worship in such a way that I'm always at the feet of God. A pastor that is disconnected from his worship You'll start doing stuff because you believe you can. But in this season, we want to hear God and not be afraid that, that God's going to take our plan and move us another way. See, see when we say we want to hear God, we, we've got to be available for God to do it like He wants to do it to where we don't have all the control that we're accustomed to having. So come on, let's put our prayer up and let's pray our prayer today. Everybody ready? Father, today, y'all ready? All right, repeat it after me. Father, no, 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 I need y'all to say it. Come on, come on, come on. Don't be afraid. When you speak the word of God, speak it aloud. Match my voice, match my energy. All right? Ready? Father, today is another moment where our faith will be strengthened through the teaching of the Word of God. We ask that your Word reveals, reconciles, and restores us to the faith that existed in our forefathers. Come on, let's take it up. Revive our hearts to the position and posture where our faith leads us to believe, trust, and obey your will. 
Father, let the word of God become the guiding compass that guides us through the invisible path of the impossible. Father, 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 we ask that our faith is aligned with your word. Let this be our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. I expressed to you on last week, you can go right back to the book of Exodus chapter number 16, chapter number 16. We're going to settle there. We're going to read through verses 1 through 7, but then we'll focus right around verses 2 and 3. But on last week, I gave you three teaching aims that we want to focus on as we end out this first quarter of the year and we move into the next quarter of the year. Last Sunday of May, I mean of March, moving into April, May, June. And so I really want us to be focused on that today. Our three teaching aims that we really want us to focus on and that I want our teachings to be centered on is number one is that we want to teach in a space where the scriptures will lead us to a place of intentional spiritual reflection. Y'all with me? Which reveals how far we have separated ourselves from the true plan and purpose of God. So the first teaching aim, come on, focus, focus, y'all, come on. The only way that your life is going to change is that you've got to take this moment of feeding very seriously. This is all you have to live off of for the next week or so. Come on, feel your body. Number one, the first teaching aim is that we want to teach in a space where the scriptures will lead us to a place of intentional spiritual reflection which reveals how far we have separated ourselves from the true plan and purpose of God. All right, number two is to teach in a space where the scriptures, somebody say the scriptures, the word of God will bring us to sincerely re-examine our posture and position as it pertains to our faith in God. All right? Number two is to teach in a space where the scriptures will bring us to sincerely re-examine what? Our posture, our position as it pertains to what? Our faith in God. Amen. It's to do what? It's to teach in a space where the scriptures will bring us to a place of what? Genuine repentance. Somebody say genuine repentance. In doing what? In seeing the error of our ways, thoughts, and choices that we have made against God. Three teaching aims that we want to focus on and build that will build our faith that will encourage our faith my faith needs to be in a place where it reflects on how things in my life cause me to become separated from my call and my purpose I want to sincerely re-examine my posture and my position as it pertains to my faith in God. Do I have faith for things or do I have faith in God? And then genuine repentance, godly sorrow, having the insatiable appetite to allow God to show you the error of your ways, your thoughts and your choices. I like what David says there in, in Psalms 139, right there around verses 23 and, and 24. Uh, try me and see me and know my anxious thoughts. If there be any wicked way or hurtful way, please reveal it to me, Lord. 
wash me and clean me. And so I simply just want to talk about today faith in process. Faith in process. Come on, say, somebody say, my faith is in process. Say it again, my faith is in process. Reading right here out of the book of Exodus chapter number 16, it says, and they set out from Elam and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, and on the 15th day of the second month after they left <clears throat> the land <clears throat> of Egypt, excuse me, <clears throat> the whole congregation of the Israelites, verse number two, grew discontented and murmured and rebelled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Verse number three, and the, will, and the Israelites said to them, would that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread until we were full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this entire assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will cause bread to rain from heaven for you. The people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, so that I may test them to determine whether or not they will walk obediently in my instruction. And it shall be on the sixth day they shall prepare to bring it in twice as much as they gather daily so that they will not need to gather on the seventh day. So Moses and Aaron said to all Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your murmurings against the Lord. What are we that you murmur, murmur and rebel against us? I just want you to go back to verses 2 and 3. I want you to repeat this. Say, my faith is in process in the middle of a wilderness. My faith is in process in the middle of a wilderness. Here are these two selected sermonic texts. The whole congregation of the Israelites grew discontented and murmured and rebelled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the Israelites said to them, Would that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread until we were full? For we have brought, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this entire assembly with hunger. I want to right there. Can I tell you that God is not petty? That if God wanted to kill you, he'd let you know he was going to kill you. Why would God kill you by starving you? When he could just Decide that he wants to just snatch your breath and not wake you up in the morning. We really believe that God is so petty that God would take us from Egypt, take us through all that for 400 years, bring us across the Red Sea, drown our enemy, to take us across to the other side by ourselves, put us in the middle of a wilderness, Pops, and kill us because we have no food. How petty is that? See, when you don't understand that your faith is in process, you'll say stuff like this, God doesn't care about me. God, you have forgotten about me. Not even remembering all that God has continued to do for you. 
brought you out of Egypt, spared your firstborn, took you to the middle of the wilderness, where the only thing that was in front of you was a Red Sea. Your enemy was behind you. You was once in a place of regressive and repressive faith. And now God says, I love you so much and I want to honor my word. Because of your faith in me, I will get you to the other side and start the new journey that belongs to you. A promise. But when you don't understand how to evaluate, how to re-examine, how to reflect, how to repent in times of process, you will sound just like the children of Israel. Number one, faith avoids a spirit of grumbling against God's chosen leadership. People have a way of how they want to come against God, but then they blame the leader. How would you, Moses, bring us here when you could have allowed us to die with the diseases that took place in Egypt? You would bring me and my family here to starve us, to bring famine, to bring hunger, and to kill us here. Would we rather just go back to Egypt? When we think about it, listen at that. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. You're in the wilderness. There's nothing pretty about being in the wilderness. The wilderness is a fight. The wilderness is a place of suffering. The wilderness is a place of process and breakthrough and victory. The wilderness is a place where you will run up on times where you won't have enough, but you'll have all that you need to get what you need. The wilderness is the process. We can see that after Jesus himself, uh, he's baptized by John the Baptist and, and, and the dove descends, and, and, and we can see that the power of the Holy Ghost falls upon him. He doesn't go right to laying hands. He, he doesn't go right to opening the blind eyes. He, he, he doesn't go right to doing all of the miracle after miracle. Guess where he goes for 40 days and for 40 nights? He goes into a wilderness. Mm. and he stays there. We're in a wilderness experience on our way to the greatest promise that you can ever have from God, but you've got to honor the process of the wilderness. You cannot become uh, 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 weary in the wilderness to the point that you grumble. What do you mean when you say grumble? That word grumble is defined uh, is to mutter in discontent. It is to express with annoyance. It is to complain in a bad-tempered way. Come on now, oh, Mr. I, I love these. I love these graphics. Come on now. Uh, Man, we're so, man, we're just, uh, to, to grumble. Uh, they had just crossed over the Red Sea. The chapter before, we can see, ending out verse 15, uh, chapter number 15, that they were crying because they didn't have water. And he gave them water and there he said I will test you and as long as you heed my voice as long as you honor me as long as you hear me come on I'll be your protector I will be your Lord and I will be with you always. I, I will not bring any of these diseases that you see across the sea in Egypt I won't bring them now here's the great thing about this they were across the street from Egypt. They could see Egypt. They knew where Egypt was. Come on now. They were across the street in a better place. Across the street in victory. Across the street, headed down the street to promise. But the only thing that they could see was, why couldn't we stay there and die? See, when you don't understand that faith is in process in the middle of a wilderness while you're getting ready to win the victory and you're getting ready to accomplish some things that you've always wanted to do, if you keep your eyes across the street, you will grumble. 
your worship, your prayer, your devotion, your service, your commitment will sound like this. It will sound like a mutter of discontentment. Your expressions will be heard with great annoyance. I don't understand why you just keep doing this, and I don't understand why you. I don't know. Y'all remember that? Byron, 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 Byron. And y'all know what my dear said. I can't say it. That's how it sounds. That's how it sounds to leadership. That's how it sounds to God. It is such an annoying voice that it displeases it's hurtful it's 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 insensitive it's ungrateful after all i've done for you you now grumble not because you're in pain not because you broke your leg not because you lost something you're grumbling because you don't have food you're grumbling because you're hungry. I know a young man that is here right now that when he gets hungry, he loses everything. He can't think right. He can't stand right. He, can't, he don't know what to do. And this girl right here who loves to grab annoyance, she gets him and she says, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, you don't know how to make your own food? Oh, I told you not to spend your money. I, I told you that you shouldn't have went out. Loud. Oh, that's your fault that you're hungry because I told you to do this. And he's just like, oh, See, see, that's what God does to you. While you're grumbling, he's like, I told you to just have faith. And because you won't hear him, you're just like, oh, God, I'm just losing my way. I'm out of my mind. And if you all know your, 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 your first lady, uh, uh, the, the, the lady of the rock house, if y'all know her, uh, she has a way of letting you know, I told you so. And you didn't listen to me. And because you didn't listen to me, it's your fault. And she's going to tell you it's your fault. It's your fault. She's going to make you know it's your fault. It's your fault. But you're grumbling because you're hungry. Find some food. It doesn't say anywhere where they tried to find some food. The text doesn't give it to us. But for 400 years, you built what? You made bricks out of mud and straw. You would have think by now that you would be so resourceful that you would be able to find yourself some food. But they were so dependent on another man giving them something that they never had to do for themselves. Oh, see, see this process of faith, God's going to pull you from the provision of the slave mentality where the master has to give you something and he gives it to you out of hate. He gives it to you out of grievance. He gives it to you because you're his hostage. God wants to pull you from that and he wants to erect the confidence in you that he's already made your way. I, I've already made a way and it's called the promised land in Canaan and it's full of milk and honey but I'm going to show you how to have faith in process. I'm going to show you that if your faith can depend on me I'll show you that you can be resourceful and provide for yourself but when you still have Egypt's slave mentality connected to God's faith you'll turn around and you will grumble against the one who's leading you. You will grumble with such discontentment that people look at you and like, man, what is your problem? Your expressions of annoyance will cause people to be like, please don't invite them over today because they're going to cause my energy to be unmatched and I don't want to have to clap back as Vita wears her t-shirt. You know, um, I match energy, we match energy, you know energy you know energy you know everybody's in this thing called energy you know my safe place and all of this stuff but faith and process comes to interrupt your safe place yes, yes. 
See, the children of Israel had a safe place, and their safe place was to do what? Grumble because they didn't have. When they were making straw, and they were, and they were making them bricks out of straw and mud, they complained, we're hungry. They complained, we're tired of being in here. We're hungry. Can I have some water, Massa? Can you feed me? While they were frustrated, and because they never rid themselves of their selfish spirit, the first time they walk into a faith process moment of getting to the promised land they revert back to Egypt they start complaining and grumbling and talking about the leader just like they talked about Pharaoh they started talking about Moses Ah. come on now their mentality didn't switch You've got to understand that, 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 that you've got to gotta allow what was to not become. What was is just what it is. It used to be me. But this new me, I can get it for myself. If I got to starve the rest of this journey, I won't complain. Uh, come on now God has been good to me he's been so good to me come on now all of my weary days I won't complain because I understand I've had one good moment that has worked for me and I can see the sun I I can see clearly now come on but all I got to do is just keep my head up but when your faith is connected uh, to an Egypt situation uh, when your faith is connected to Egypt and it's not connected to the process of God getting you to the promised land you will mutter in discontentment you will pray to God with expressions of of annoyance my God why did I wake them up this morning heaven has been peaceful all day but now I hear such and such voice and it's just chaos all over you wake up complaining you wake up arguing you wake up mad you wake up frustrated because you have been disconnected from the faith process of a wilderness your mind is in Egypt your mind is across the street when it should be over here come on now Sometimes we really believe that the grass is greener on the other side. But you don't understand what it took to grow that grass. You, you don't understand how, so, how tough the soil is. You, you don't understand uh, the culture of that grass. Come on. It could be crab grass, but it looks good. Come on now. Uh, it could be all types of grass with weeds and all of that, but we can make weeds look good. Come on now. Oh, come on now. I lived in Huff. We used to make them look good all the time because we didn't have the chemicals to put in our grass. Come on now. Uh, uh, we didn't have what do they call these people the lawn care people the, the green people that come by and they spray your grass with all of the other stuff and you know that's what Christians are doing today uh, you're just spraying the weeds you're giving your time to spraying the weeds in discontentment and annoyance but I want you to hear this quote here I, I want you to hear this our faith's insistence its urgency is dependent upon the fact that God, the invisible, is is the one who's leading us, yet he is using man, the seen and visible manifestation of God himself, to be our guiding compass through the paths of the unseen. Come on now, in times where your faith is tried your faith is going to help you to avoid the spirit of grumbling against God's chosen leadership come on now how how many times have we fallen to the complaint that it's the leader's fault the leader did it and the leader did it but our faith's insistence is dependent upon the fact that God the invisible is the one who's leading us They were actually mad at God. 
They actually had an attitude at God. It's just like when you have brothers and sisters and your mother leaves home and she leaves the, the responsibility to the oldest one and the oldest one tells you what to do and the younger one say, well, you ain't my mama and you can't tell me what to do and, and I'm going to do what I want to do. Basically, what you're saying is, is you're flipping off your mama and your daddy. I mean, you know, come on now. You're, you're basically saying, I could care less what mommy and daddy said. And so now you, you revert to taking your pain out against the person who's responsible for shielding and covering you and protecting you in the moments where you may fall, in the moments where you may go through, in the moments where you may make a, make a mistake. We can see that Moses' entire leadership with the children of Israel, his main assignment was to be the mediator. Man back to my wife she's just not gonna be the mediator no no if you're not gonna listen then whatever happens to you happens to you she'll give you a little bit of advice but after two times no 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 not the third time not the fourth time you don't get all of that look if you don't want to do it the right way then that's between you and God I ain't got nothing else to do don't call my phone at three o'clock don't come and ask me to pray again imagine Moses for 40 years in the wilderness he had to mediate the foolishness he had to mediate it the spirit of grumbling they were never satisfied I like what it says here I like what it says in Psalms 119 105 and 106 uh, it says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path I have sworn an oath and have confirmed it that I will keep your righteous ordinances hearing receiving loving and obeying them in moments where grumbling wants to take over your faith in the middle of a wilderness he says when you feel like you're lost when you feel like your 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 way has gone astray he says your word if we will allow the word of god to be the lamp his word his instruction is a lamp unto my feet and the light to my path his understanding when we think about that faith avoids a spirit of grumbling faith speaks to the present obstacles little girl if you don't sit down bishop's gonna rebuke you today faith speaks to the present obstacles of our wilderness journey yet it pushes us to see beyond where we are standing right now i want to say this to you again faith speaks to what the present obstacles of our wilderness journey yet it pushes us to see beyond where we're standing right now I'm across the street from 400 years of slavery I'm across the street from some jokers that just tried to kill me but I'm still standing uh, I'm across the street watching them be mad and angry at me uh, I'm across the street you're not in their face you're across the river, along the river bank, walking to your promise. Why are you so focused on what they're doing across the street? Why? Why have we lost our attention to serve God and we're so concerned about what they're doing over there? So concerned about how they look over there. They're driving really nice and they look good and everything is working. See, you think it's working, but it's not. They probably just have some more resources that you don't have. They've probably been left a great inheritance. Remember, I told you, Egypt is the easy way. The promised land is the, is, the, is the hard way. It's suffering. It's lack of food, lack of nourishment. But the greatest victory of all is that if I just stay focused and I keep my faith, I'll get there in 3 to 11 days. But when I don't understand who I am, my faith will follow me for 40 years. 
and I walk around the same mountain. I'll walk around the same valley. I'll do everything that I used to do for 40 years. For 40 years, I'll wear the same clothes. I'll have on the same socks, same under... Man, that's just jacked up. Same socks. I do everything the same way for 40 years and then get mad when somebody tells me, Mama, you don't have to cook that way now. They have an air fryer that you can, baby, I want to bake it for 40 hours. That's the way mama did it, and that's how she did it. And Mama, there's, there's, there's an air fryer now. There, there, there's some grills. There's some other things that you can do. But because your faith is connected to a slave mentality of Egypt, you feel comfortable doing it for 40 years the same way. But I like this here. Our faith speaks to our present obstacles. What were their obstacles? They didn't have any food. That's a major obstacle. You're in the middle of a wilderness and you don't have food. Your children are hungry and you don't have food. You spent your money at the club and now you're hungry. You smoked some weed and now you're hungry. You drank too much and now you're hungry and now you're complaining and you've done things that you wasn't supposed to do and now you're hungry. It wasn't that they did anything wrong. They just walked into an obstacle of not having any food. They walked into a place of not having any food. Hear this. The sons of Israel said to them, would that we have died by the Lord's hand in Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat when we ate bread to, to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I want you to hear these three statements here because you got to break them down. Number one, these weren't strangers. Number one, these weren't the children. N number one, the, the, these weren't you know, the people who didn't know God. It says these were the sons of Israel that were acting this way. The fathers crying is nothing worse than hearing a father complain and grumble about something that he can possibly fix himself. But when a father has lost his dream, when a father has never experienced what it is to be his own provider, that when he gets on his own and the pressure really hits him, he'll complain like a little crybaby. He'll complain as if life has hurt him so much. And we can see here in the next quote, you have brought us here to die. What type of God would free you from 400 years of slavery and then interrupt a man's life after 40 years and then tell him, I want you to go and free them and then when you free them, I want you to take them across the river as, after I drown the enemy and then I want you to sit them there and I just want you to let them die. Just, what type of God? See, when your faith is not connected to the word of God, your mind will cause you to think that the word doesn't care about you. And, and your mind will cause you to look at God as if God is stupid, as if God doesn't have a mind of his own. And so now you create your own religion. And so now you create your own faiths. And so now you create your own prayer language. And you create all of the other stuff that's outside of the word of God because you're bitter. And because you have a problem with God. The church has to restore the voice of God in such a way that in times of trouble that we call on God. In times of trouble, we call on the name of Jesus. But they complained and they grumbled. These were sons. That you would bring us here to die. I like this. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to simply kill us. Three strong, insulting statements. But the thing that I love about God is that God is long-suffering, Emilisa. He didn't give in to their complaint but he continued to test them. 
I like this here. I, I, I want you to hear this. Our faith in God empowers us to believe even when what we need is unseen. My faith, our faith in God empowers us to believe even when what we need is unseen. We, food is a necessity because if you don't eat and you continue to not eat because you don't have it, not because you decide, but you just don't have it. The frustration, the anger, the bitterness, all of these things begin to erupt on the inside of you and your mind can only take you back to the last place that you were, slavery. Egypt, 400 years. I ate better in Egypt. Now I'm out here just don't have anything. You have everything that you need. But you have to understand that your faith is in process in the middle of a wilderness. Come on, hear the word of God. I like this. It says, I like this in the word of God. It says that the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things and holy fervor born of faith conjoined to it. Uh, look at that. And if it draws back and shrinks in, fear, my soul has no delight in pleasure. This is Hebrews 10. Come on now. The just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things and holy fervor born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. God has no delight in jellyback believers that quit and run back to Egypt and complain the rest of your life. You are a disgrace to God's uh, faith. No delight. Well, you know, God understands. He doesn't. He disagrees. There is no pleasure. Hearing your prayer is no pleasure. Hearing your times of made-up devotion is no pleasure. It's heartache. How can you be a believer? How can you say that you trust me, but then you walk away from me? And you give up on me. And you turn your back on me. And you act as if... I caused you to be hungry. It's just called the process of life. You hit an obstacle where you didn't have enough money to get some food. God is not punishing you. God is not angry at you. The grocery store just didn't have what you needed and you didn't went to four or five stores. But you forgot a week ago that God said, you need to get all of that right now. I'm in a rush. I got to get to this class. Gotta, you need to get it right now because when you come back, it might not be here. You forgot he told you that. Hmm. You, you, you forgot that you said to yourself, when I go back to the store, I'm going to get everything that I need because every time I come here, when I want it, they don't have it. So let me stock up on it. See, when your faith goes back to Egypt, your faith and process in the middle of the wilderness becomes a tedious task called the blame game. When I lose my connection to the process of this wilderness journey, he says that the just shall live by faith. Come on, hear verse number 39. But our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery and are utterly destroyed but we are those who believe come on listen at this bracket who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ the Messiah and by faith preserve the soul Ooh. we are not like those 
who are tossed and driven by the way of the wind and, and because you're not strong enough you're considered to be like the chaff that when the wind comes it, it drives it away you're not wheat, you're chaff God says that the faith represents the wheat the foundation we rely on God come on God's doing something new here today. It, it says that, that, but we are those, come on, look at it, look at that. But we are those, the just shall live by faith. We are those who believe. What? How do we believe? We cleave to and we trust in and we, and we rely on God through who? My money. Through who? My intellect through who? My degrees? No, 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 no. His name is called Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Jesus now becomes the mediator who sits at the right hand of the Father. With all his work being finished, he said, all you got to do is just trust me. All, all you have to do is just rely on me. All you have to do is just stay focused. Just believe and I will get you to the promised land. But don't allow the spirit of grumbling to become the sound of worship. Don't allow the muttering sound of discontentment and the expressions of annoyance. Don't allow your words to create a bad-tempered environment or atmosphere. But I want you to hear this, and I want you to believe this. God is doing a new thing in your life. Whatever you ask for, whatever you pray for, no thing shall be denied. I want you to hear that God is doing a new thing. Come on, stand on your feet. God is doing a new thing. Whatever you ask for, whatever you pray for, no thing shall be denied. Nothing will be denied. I want you to hear that. The plan of God will not be denied. The plan of God will not be aborted. Whatever you ask for, whatever you pray for, pray believing that whatever you pray without doubting your heart that you shall have what you pray for, that you shall have what you ask for, if I abide in you and my word abides in me, your word abides in me and, 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 and I abide in your word, we abide together, then you can ask what you have. But there must be an abiding that takes place. Come on. God's doing a new thing. I want you to say it. God's doing a new thing. Come on. God's doing something new in my life. I'm standing in a new place. I'm standing in a better place. God's already made my way because of my faith. Hallelujah. My faith started, hallelujah, when I made it through 400 years of slavery. Come on now. Faith that I didn't know I had, hallelujah. When he tried to come after my firstborn, faith, hallelujah, to put blood over the doorpost, hallelujah, to start a Passover, hallelujah. Hey, Rabbi, God's been passing over. He's been looking. He's been protecting. When he provided a safe passage through a Red Sea in my life. And as I look back now, the enemy that was once chasing me no longer exist but when your faith is still connected to Egypt you start recreating enemies that are gone and you start recreating enemies and, and everything you interpret nobody likes me everybody's against me 
God is punishing me and God is doing because your faith is connected to what happened to you in Egypt See, when you start singing this and understand God's doing a new thing, your faith now connects to where you're standing at. I'm standing on the other side. I'm living on the other side. I'm, I'm breathing on the other side. It may not look pretty, but it's better than what looks like across the street. I never want to go back to that place. I never want to return to that type of bondage in my life again. I'm free to lift my hands. I'm free to worship the God that I serve. I'm free to honor God. I'm free to say, Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. I might not have steak and filet mignon, but I got some bologna. I got some bread. I got some cheese. I got some butter. I got some pans that I can put it in and fly me a bologna sandwich. Uh, 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 I got some orange juice over here. It might not be Tropicana but I can open up that can that frozen can of orange juice pour it down in there, put a little water in there and I can drink the same thing that everybody else is drinking. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta value what you have in your hand as to be the greatest thing that you'll ever have. Hallelujah whatever come on say it come on lift your hands you pray for come on minister that no thing They minister this word. I just want everybody come on, come here, Edgar. Stand with me, Linda. I want you. I want you to just come around, and I just want to anoint your ears. That your ears are aligned and attuned to hear the voice of God. That your spirit will agree with God. Come on, real quickly, starting that way, come on.